0: We be in the mix With that rare candy paint job on the whip I need food for the kids, money for the rent Fuck a lockdown, baby, I can't do that shit And I'll never vote, cause I'm fucking broke And either way, I know the police ain't gon'
1: leave me alone On a plane, by the visit Glenn Rock. Me Crypto told me I should bring the Glock with me So I packed up my piece and I'm sliding Cause we might get caught up in a riot
0: Middle finger Trump, middle finger Biden Fuck a left, fuck a right, is you riding? We'll see it. No politics, baby. We just talk
1: From the birds to the bricks, we be in the mix with that rare candy paint job on a whip. You uh, normally I start with some quip or some crazy, you know, story or something, but I don't have any of those today. I'm just here to introduce our guest. We have Corey Morningstar with us. Um, and Corey, uh, first off, how are you doing? And then uh, let everyone know where they can find your brilliant work at.
2: Right now. Hi, um, nice. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Um, my work is on, I'm only on Twitter really for social media anymore. I don't really have time for anything else. And I, um, my writing is on the art of annihilation, my website, which is, I, I think every aspect to that website is banned from Facebook and Instagram. And then um, also the wrong kind of green. Uh-huh. Um, And then when I have, t- as soon as I have more time, I'll have more writing out on, um. With um, Whitney Webb's website. Um, I know I plan on doing a lot more writing. Just the past couple of years have been really rough. So I have a big piece I'm trying to finish. It's just been, um, you know, hard.
1: I'd imagine, I'd imagine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. last couple of years, just in general, I mean, even not even yeah. getting to specifics, it's like I don't know who it, There's only a few people having a good time, and that's the problem for the last couple of years, yeah. but yeah. Uh, and the stu-
0: uh, and the stuff that you do that people like you do, it takes a toll on you, you know what I mean? It can, it's, it's not like the easiest thing to yeah. people think you're crazy and then you're proven right, but it's like almost not worth it because you just have to go through this, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know, I've I've seen that. I so are.
2: wish that everything I've ever written about will be proven all wrong.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the exactly. thing is like, there's no
1: winners. Yeah. Exa-
2: yeah. Yeah, That'd be great.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's like, sometimes I, I I'm kind of newer in terms, I mean, you two have probably both had longer on the skeptic side than I have. I'm fairly new to it. And I was infinitely happier when I didn't know anything, but mm-hmm. you know, the problem is, is like, you know, you also don't, you also see the, the, the horrors that's going on. You're like, well, so everybody has to know this. You know, everybody has to know, uh, has to know about this. But, you know, I, I, could, I can only imagine how, uh, how that weighs in on you. But uh, you mentioned Whitney Webb. Um, that's Unlimited Hangout, right? That's, uh, mm-hmm. that's her, her big thing. That was uh, uh, an episode that you did on her podcast, Unlimited Hangout, where you talked about um, climate activism and just climate change in general. I recommend everybody go listen to that because it's a really fantastic show. But let's jump right into that.
2: Um, um, we're having a panel this week Whitney and myself and I think um, maybe Ian Davis so that should be great that's going to be all about COP26 and um, I don't know we're doing some sort of panel we're just gonna wing it yeah
1: Yeah. so so let me start by saying this um, because we come from like somewhat of a dissident side there's a little small Twitter group I guess that we're a part of and let's it's reactionary in a good way and sometimes a bad way where some people who are jaded by somebody who might've supported the green new deal, just out of, out of naivety, just like, Oh, well, this sounds like good. This is something that I, that I'd support. But then once they find out that maybe that's just kind of NGO nonsense and uh, all that, they kind of realize, okay, climate change isn't real now. That's kind of the next thing they go to. So where, where are you at as far as like, is, is climate change real despite all of that to you?
2: Yeah, I mean I've noticed a lot about that. Even I do a podcast um it's called Aesthetic Resistance with John Stepling and Hiro Yuki Hamada. Um, mm-hmm. uh, an artist from New York. Um Stepling's a playwright, and then there's Broom Matur Matar. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right. He's from India mm-hmm. and Johan, and I'm from Sweden. And anyway, I um John, more and more, I think because of the whole COVID um, narrative and all of that, is becoming more doubtful of climate. And I notice a lot of anti-imperialists are really um, sort of, you know, not believing the climate thing. I used to, I mean, that's where I started doing a ton of work on climate change. And so I understand why people, um, you know, come to distress that narrative as well, because, you know, the whole COVID thing and everything else, the politicians are, you know, obviously liars, and you can't trust the system, um, or the nonprofit industrial complex for that matter. And it's, yeah. um, you know, it's all exploited. So obviously, the climate thing is no exception. And that's, you know, but the reason... I um okay, so this sort of, and sort of going to jump around here. So uh, I, I it, stopped jump
1: around. Okay. okay,
2: so I stopped um referring to everything and focusing on climate because within the first few years, I'm not sure how long it took me. I realized that the aspect on um, biodiversity and the protection of the natural world was disappearing, right? That's and right. it was becoming all about climate. Mm-hmm. And then I realized how people were willing to not defend the natural world and defend the land, but they were actually ready to destroy it in the name of climate, mm-hmm. right? All the, right? And then I was like, oh, wow. And you could see the whole um, like so sort of social engineering happening, conditioning basically will destroy the natural world to save the climate. So, I reframed the way I think and the way I write, and so I write about ecology as a whole. Um, the thing with me about climate and when I used to write about it, a lot of it was kept out of the mainstream, like permafrost, for example, all the work on the methane and the permafrost, it was actually really frightening. That was left that wasn't shoved down your throat. That was um, censored and sort of put away. And a lot of the Russian scientists were, you know, completely censored and muted. And so that hasn't went away. And um, what else? I mean, when I grew up, I grew up in the country with one of those huge laneways, you know, (laughs) three miles long. And I had to walk up and down that laneway every day. And so when I was, you know, tiny, five, walking down that driveway with my dogs to get the bus. Um, I mean so many times the big kids would have to get off the bus and come and get me. I I could not walk in the snow. I mean, when you're five, you can't walk in the snow anyway, but I guess my point is I lived in those winters and I'm so Southern Ontario and we had two snowmobiles and that's how we actually would get food during the winter. Oh, wow. We can, we kind of lived with we kind of survived those winters without those snowmobiles. Today no one would ever have a snowmobile here ever. Right? That would be insane. Uh, There's no snow. Oh, right? Wow. I'm also a gardener and so I've, I I notice and it's um you know, it's real like the zones have changed, right? So we used to be like a you know, zone 5 here. And now it's like around a zone seven, like it's gotten warmer, yeah. Right? Yeah. But I mean, nature is so complex, you're
0: <laughs> all, all growing coconuts and stuff now.
1: It's like, yeah. well, yeah, there's no coconuts,
2: there's, there's no palm trees yet, yeah. A couple of year, couple <laughs> of years,
1: couple of years, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> and so, there's a lot to it, but I think overall, I, I mean, I think there's so much that we can't understand about nature and the complex systems, and um, I think especially you know, the. Um, the ruling class, I feel they have a lot more faith in their technology than definitely than what yeah. I do. Um, although it's very, very frightening, I also don't believe it's as amazing as they think, as foolproof as they think. Um, all the ca- carbon capture storage and everything. I, I mean, I'm sort of all over the place here. No, uh, no,
1: no.
2: But yeah, the climate... Um, I think it's more important. I, I think we're at far more risk of running out of natural resources. I think that will be c- come before um, massive climate. Um, you know, like the idea in 12 years, you know, we're all going to die because of climate change. I think what's way more frightening is running out of and what's more apt to happen quicker is running out, uh, like actually depleting all our natural resources. Right. And like, even the idea of climate um, CO2, when you look at the fact we've cut down the earth's forests, <laughs> no wonder. Yeah. You know, we've cut down the lungs of the planets of the planet, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so gosh, you No, know? like,
1: we, we're a lot always of attacking it, the lungs of things with things that we do. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, a, lot of, a <laughs> lot of this is common sense, you know, when you look at the destruction of the natural world, of course, mm-hmm. you know, we're, you know, anyway, I'm sort of rambling. No,
0: that, no you hit the nail on that. I'm, I'm so stoked because it's like, so this whole focus on that one thing, the CO2 thing, not even climate change, but just CO2 sucks exactly. all the air out of the room of like we know (laughs) like i i don't have any time of day for like the more like let's say like old school republican denialism of like oh everything's fine we can keep polluting and shit like obviously we're depleting the natural world and there are destructive uh habits of humanity that are right before our eyes that you cannot deny um but this whole, it just becomes this dumb charts and graphs thing. And then all these predictions are made about climate change and all, you know, all of them turn out to be like end up false, you know, all these doomsday predictions. And then people are like, well, fuck it. I'm not going to care about anything. And then like what Glenn was talking about earlier, everyone just becomes kind of ironically detached. Yeah. And they say that it's like, none of this is a big deal. and. You know, it's like I'll never be that way. Like I'm, like I've said before on the spot, I'm kind of a, I'm a bleeding heart environmentalist. You know, and it, but it's just these these fakers, and the people screech screeching the loudest are the the biggest fakers and frauds. You know, mm-hmm. and it's um, yeah, I think we need more thought like you're offering with in terms of just getting back to the basics, fighting the right fight, fighting the right target. And, uh, yeah, thank you for that. That was, yeah. I mean,
2: like one, a huge thing, a huge aspect of the, um, you know, this great reset, the fourth industrial revolution is the mining of the oceans. So there you go. We're talking about climate and now we're going to mine the oceans, which are the planet's biggest carbon sinks. Right. so it's not it's not about climate mitigating climate change right that's insane and there's all kinds of things happening down there that we don't even understand you know we can't even grasp what they do for us and i wish like to me this whole idea of um like the energy well first of all there's a tiny number of people consuming and using all the energy right and everything else I think the question is not, that's more important about the energy because, you know, whether you want to talk about turbine, solar, oil, gas, whatever, it's all dirty. So let's start there at that premise. It's all dirty. Okay. There's no, mm-hmm. no such clean unless you're, you know, hanging your clothes on the line, mm-hmm. right? But so it's all dirty. It all takes on um, mining. It takes, you know, fossil fuels are needed for it, for everything anyway. I think it's, we should be talking about what we use the energy for and, you know, in the first world, right off the bat, you've got 40% waste, right? All energy, 40% Mm -hmm. is wasted. And then you've got, you know, the rest of it, 98% is shit. We're producing shit that goes to the landfill. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking garbage. Yeah. You can guess,
1: yeah, so, <laughs> we're, <all> good, yeah. <laughs> we're not losing any sponsors over this so <laughs> okay, good. Good.
2: Yeah. yeah, and so I think that is the question. What do we use the energy on you know, you know, and um, yeah, I mean we're we're drowning in our own garbage, and especially even more so since the lockdowns, you know, there's plastic manufacturing um plants opening up, fucking everywhere. More and more garbage being produced, take out food, styrofoam. I, oh, you I know, hate that. brilliance of mass. I mean, we're just keep, you know, it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. So, but,
1: and, and, and not to cut you off there, but the, the yeah. people, the, the, the onus becomes on. The individual, right? Um, I heard you talk about this on, on Whitney Web a little bit, but the, the, it's all about what are you doing to reduce your carbon footprint? What are you doing to do that? So uh, for me, it's like, I, I kind of, I'm like, no, I, I'm not responsible for the you know exactly. for i'm not i'm not responsible for climate change it's not me personally like i my space gets shorter and shorter from what i what i get to do and and like me getting to work every day or or uh, you use less water you do this but like we we do things that require like you know uh size is a, is a vegan my co-host he he'll tell you all, all day that all, how much water goes into you know cat you know raising cattle and and certain things like that and and i'm not even saying everybody needs to be vegan and stuff but like we do things on a large scale yeah that really, I mean, the carbon footprint thing is so scary to me because it's almost like you need to like, like, it's the same thing with COVID to tie it in with COVID. It's like, you're doing something wrong. Like you, you, the individual are the reason we're still in here rather than that. Like it's, it's all one thing, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's huge. And to have the climate conference again, you know, COP26, it's actually insane. (laughs) Um, Without talking about militarism, capitalism, imperialism, right? Like these, this is, you know, the foundation of destructions, things, and they're not even mentioned, you know, and it's just, yeah, and it is framed where, you know, even with COVID, the human is the parasite, you know, yeah. and now we're dirty, we're unclean, we're the cause of all the climate. And it's like, no, you know, we're um, enslaved in a system that we did not design, right? And now yeah. we're, you know, we're, we're slaves in it. And now we're being coerced to try to live in the system that they created.
0: And yeah. so yeah uh, yeah and yeah uh, glenn glenn uh glenn pilled me hard on the the military aspect of climate change which i was frightfully unaware of you know in terms of how just how the percentage of yeah the death and destruction obviously the blatant death and destruction that's connected to that but then the hidden climate aspect of that is pretty insane as well
1: yeah, yeah it's like you you, you yeah. basically spread out american emissions over to countries that aren't even admitting as much <laughs> by setting up shop in their country and then you're, uh-huh. you know, and then you're putting the, the guy who has a 93 Toyota Corolla, that guy needs uh, extra fuel checkups and uh, emissions checks on his car because he's driving uh, two hours to work because he can't afford to work where he lives. Therefore, he's polluting yeah. the world. And um, yeah, it's, it's just basically the same. Like The way I look at it as a metaphor is almost like a company that has a safety program. You know, the safety program is meant to take away liability from the company. Not necessarily to keep you safe, right? So the safety company has investigators to make sure that you are at fault for most things, right? Occasionally they'll take responsibility for something, but for the most part, they're out—they're out there to make sure you're wrong for it. And that's always the way I've looked at this Greta, the AOC stuff, where it's like I look at Greta and it's just an angry. Like, I, look, I understand there's other factors in it, but like when you look at Greta, it's like you're—you just look so mad at me, and like I didn't do anything wrong.
2: <laughs> Actually, that's you yeah. That's part of, if you go back to, um, okay. I'm going to have to go back here. Um, what's her name? Anyway, the book that they wrote, um, pre sort of pre Greta at the same time on the climate communications, that's deliberate, that angry look where you don't smile and don't laugh. Oh. And you know, the book where it came from that actual phrase, the house is on fire. is called, it was called, it's in my, um, Greta series. Um, okay. Uh, it's a communication for climate emergency um, communications. I, I don't even remember what part it is, but it's, yeah, I sort of went through that manual and, and took out highlights and, and that's, yeah, that's part of it. Like to have that really mad, mm-hmm. um no emotion thing. I mean, all it, so much of this is driven by, you know, storytelling, storytelling. Yeah. Marketing, yeah, and new power, right? Harnessing the energy to get what you want. There, there's so much um, behavioral change, um, psychology behind all of this. Not just with the COVID, um, sorry, not just with the climate, but also with the COVID, which is two sides of the same imperial coin, right? Like um, it's all interwoven.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you, you. Like this green, the Green New Deal specifically um, was something that when I was really getting into like, like I, the, the whole reason I'm talking behind a microphone right now when we first started was we kind of both got into like the Bernie campaign. We're like, let's get Bernie in there, and Bernie had was very much attached to the Green New Deal. That's what we need. It creates a million jobs. It um, reduces our emissions. It, it's the end all be all. But I mean, you know just the more you you hear about it like and i and i'm sure uh Sai, my co-host is gonna is was a little bit more hip to that than i was just because of the whole uh just being a natural skeptic of somebody saying we're gonna end this uh from up top and it's the ruling class and then seeing the usual names attached to it that are usually attached to destructive things so like um i guess my question is as far as specifically the green new deal um when you first heard that you had to have just been like, Nope, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Me? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Just knowing what, you know, like I, yeah. I didn't figure it out till later, but I'm sure as soon as it, you heard green new deal and saw the names attached to it, I'm sure you, you felt yeah. a tone. Yeah.
2: I would love to find something that I'm like, wow, this is legit. It's <laughs> tough, <laughs> no, this man. is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean the green new deal, you can go back to 2009 and you got the UN at that time, almost ready to launch it. You have Al Gore, you see um, headlines, right? And they're connecting it to um, ecosystem services at that time, monetizing nature and the Green New Deal. But they're very, very um, upfront at that time. That's about rebooting the economy. That's about economic growth, right? That was right after that last orchestrated um, crash or whatever that was in 2008, that crisis And um, for whatever reason, I don't think the accounting was ready for the monetization of nature at that time. And so it got pushed off. And then when AOC introduced it again, you can take it right back there. um, The people that brought in AOC, they're connected to Avaz. And then a few months later, you've got Um, the United Nations releasing a great big 200 page report about the global green new deal. And then you jump forward uh, a few months later and you've got C40 cities having a great big conference. C40 cities is Bloomberg and Clinton. And then you go to C40 cities and you've got AOC there at the global green new deal. You've got, um, we mean business, you've got Al Gore. Um, you've got Shiva. You've got Vanda and Shiva. Even um, don't tell me
1: Bill Gates is involved.
2: Um, well, I want to
0: hear. I want to hear your Vanda and Shiva thoughts too. But uh, yeah, we'll don't tell. I just With don't say Bill, Bill Gates. Yeah.
1: I don't think I could survive. Don't tell me he's involved. He's I not. didn't
2: come across him in that way. Okay. Right. No, just all goring. <clears throat> inequality you always need a little and then he gave a big spit speech <laughs> about inequality then um, he drank
0: a glass of water made from even <laughs> shit <laughs> so anyway, that's, our, that's our thing these days yeah, yeah. yeah
2: that's funny that's funny but, but yeah, yeah i mean the green new deal and and it's a just dis- it's a distraction because you know there's always like people that want change right there's people that want to do the right thing and that's who they go after and when you're you know when you're really really young starting out you do think that you know it just takes well-intentioned people and you don't really realize how powerful the system is and so they you know they really exploit those people and those people are really distracted Mm -hmm. when meanwhile everything's already written you know like it's Uh, already and it's gonna be carbon capture storage, nuclear all these things that they don't talk about but they tell you, oh no, you know, you know, write write your ideas, and we're going to take them all into account. We're going to work together, but it's all top down, you know. And yeah. even from bottom up, they've even got the bottom right. Like they've got all their um, their global leaders, and everybody's stuck in everything. They um, they've just bought up every everything and everyone, right? They bought up academia. They bought up scientists. They bought up yeah. the NGOs. They bought up you know the NGOs and fund the grassroots. I mean, it's um like
1: you know, like a cancer. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: And uh, Sai, who did you say you, it, said you wanted to hear some thoughts on? Oh, Vana Nashiva. Yeah, I want to,
0: cause I, I'm I'm very familiar with with her and her work, and I know she's a polarizing figure, and I, I, you know, I've definitely gone back and forth on her, and obviously in the beginning was like a big fan, and um. And, you know, she is a very vocal like, Gates critic. I don't know if it's like an op or not, or, or what's really going on there. But I bet you know more than I do. And I'm, I'm interested to hear.
2: Well, I don't really, I mean, I don't dig into her because there's bigger fish to fry, so to speak. For but sure. she, I mean, she's a brilliant woman. There's no doubt when I listen to her, I'm like, wow, you know, she, she really knows what she's talking about. Um, but I mean, obviously the the more credible the you know the more they want you um but when Mm. i see her and i've been to see her lecture right when she was in ontario um so yeah i started coming across her um i'm not gonna think of the name what is it global it's funded by world gates bill gates and Uh, world bank global citizen
1: thank god Mm.
2: so i i had to really dig and i found shiva did a thing for global citizen right (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and sh- her name, I started saying her name, signed with We Mean Business and different, you know, bad characters, um, you know, representing trillions and trillions of market cap on documents with the Club of Rome. And then I found um, it's a group connected with the Club of Rome and Shiva's like, you know, sitting there with everybody else, um, some sort of... <sighs> Sorry, I'm not articulating this very well.
0: No, well, it's kind of kind of like an AOC vibe, with you know, yeah. with like kind of you know, like like saying all the right things, but it's like, wait, why are you with them and what's exactly? Happening there? Yeah, yeah. And I know so- my I know people that re- respect her a lot yeah. or, or moderately so, and they're still like, and they're pretty high up in like the environmental circles, and they're like, yeah, no one knows where how she has all this money and stuff, you know, it's right. is kind of like, a red flag, for, right? Yeah. Um, when she yeah, spoke. It's like, it's
2: so she spoke at C40 cities at one where they introduced the global green new deal to the media, like a public launch. Um, mm-hmm. So why didn't she talk about that? Why didn't she say, yeah. Hey, you know, you people, you better watch out because here's what's coming. It's not the community driven global on um, green new deal that you think it is. It's actually a fucking global green new deal. And it's top down right? Yeah. By, yeah. by Clinton and Bloomberg and Al Gore, you know, and you know, all these figures. And so, yeah, it, it's not, it's not, um, you know, hundred percent honest. It's not honest. Yes.
1: Right. So,
2: right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Now tying this all in, because it is all one thing, uh, the, the great reset, this is, uh, this is something to preface this for our listeners. Uh, some of our listeners are all in on a, on a great reset. Not, not that they support it. They just believe in it. Um, that it's, that this is what, all this COVID climate change stuff is, is leading up to is a, just a, a reset of society and the way we do stuff. Now, some people um, these are kind of the same people that are jaded on climate change, whether it exists or not. Um, there are some people that I talk to. Um, they're just kind of dissident people. They, they think that the ruling class, the elites, whoever you want to, whatever name you want to
2: call them, the, the gates.
1: Yeah. Ruling class. There you go. That whatever they think those people are inept and not smart. They think this is all just them control a controlled demolition of society somewhat, but not really. They're kind of just trying to get out, w- make as much money as they can and let it all blow up um, without really any end game to it.
2: Right. And I don't,
1: I don't agree with that personally, but I just wonder if you could articulate like these people clearly know what they're doing. Right.
2: Oh God. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is not just years in the making. This is decades mm. in the making. Right. And, um, they don't make a they don't make a step without knowing exactly what they're doing and that's part of the problem like when i'm finding things i mean they go back so long like yeah, even yeah. to yeah like i'll be looking at something and um you know i'll find an article and it's like oh 2004 i mean this stuff started so long ago the monetization of nature the financialization of nature mm-hmm. has been going on for you know, at least over 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. Like over 20 years, it takes a long time. They have armies of think tanks and foundations and NGOs, right? Even academia, like they, they have armies of people who just work on this stuff. Like it's hard for us because we don't have the army. Everyone's been bought up into their, you know, movement. Mm-hmm. Um So I mean, nothing is further from the truth. The great reset is, you know, digital identity. That's the backbone 5g, right? It all runs through the smartphone for now, mm-hmm. right? Until for about 10 years, and then the smartphone will become obsolete. Is that uh, right? What you, yeah, what, yeah. What
1: And what, you say just an overall digital ID system replaces a smartphone, you think?
2: So the smartphone right now, like when people say, oh, what can we do? I mean, I've said this for years. If you, if we didn't have smartphones, I, I don't have a smartphone, but I know most people have one. If we didn't have smartphones, they would give them away in cereal boxes. <laughs> in, to, in 2007, Avaz wrote a paper for the Gates Foundation, Rick and Patel, the founder of Avaz, right? And Purpose, which is the sister work of Avaz, which is a behavioral change PR firm in New York. And they wrote a paper to the Gates Foundation. It's actually called um, The Cellular Savior. And it's all about Gates putting money into that, into that system, right? Into text messaging and that in the global south. And how that would be the best investment going forward. That's 2007. I think that paper is written. Um, now look where we are in 2021. This whole thing is through, you know, the... The fourth industrial revolution runs through the cell phone, through the smartphone with 5G, right? So that's the infrastructure for it. Um, The digital ID is complete compliance, right? That's another huge aspect of this, which people do not see yet. They don't see, but they will see. Um, The digital ID basically, it's called freedom as a service, Mm-hmm. Right. Your freedom will come to you through your compliance and and as a service to you. Jesus. Right. Just like ecosystem services. I was just reading a paper tonight on it's called willingness to pay. If people are suffering under bad um, haze and smog, if they have lots of um, health problems because of um, dire ecological problems, they're more willing to pay for for cleaner air um we're coming into a time where everything all of nature will be monetized right water futures the more scarce the more valuable and the more um you know a a real class war this is a real class war right and um yeah people that think it's all just scattered and everything i i i could not I, i i mean i completely disagree yeah Company. yeah we
0: have strong opinions on that as well <laughs> just the, yeah the whole oh uh, it's just the bumbling the bumbling oaf version of the elite you, a, But you see joe biden
1: right you look at joe biden on tv right and i understand why some people think this because i like does joe biden yeah. run this show i don't believe anybody anybody in this conference no. right now does not right? yeah we know this right but <sighs> he's on there looking inept sounding dumb you know what i mean and some people would say trump was the same way i mean it's, it, you you see this and whether that's intentional or not i have no idea but it, it definitely is not representative of the way people like gates klaus schwab um people like that think and it's funny what what you said about uh paying for clean air like you're gonna, you're gonna pay for some clean air now pray for your freedom um uh everything and it's it's got me thinking about these subscription services right now Everything is a su- subscription service. If you want to watch these movies, subscription service. Exactly. If I, I want to talk to three people for longer than an hour, I have to pay for this right now. What I'm doing, like it's 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 insane. So we're already conditioned to paying for things. Not that we necessarily had for free ever, but always getting into oh the premium program. Oh man, yeah. I can get clean air for ten minutes this time. Oh, I can get uh, get that. It's um it's kind of <laughs> wild. Uh, it, the World Economic Forum is something that really scares me uh big time like you see klaus schwab he has that that weird picture of him with the star trek outfit on like it's it's very odd um (laughs) like how much because because again the same people that think this is all bumbling idiots uh just letting the world burn is it? you know this isn't just a rich rich guy larp this is clearly this is clearly uh, like how much power does the world economic forum actually have
2: it's like a clearinghouse right that's what brings all the powers together um and world economic forum works really really closely with the council on Foreign relations right they're sort of those who are really interwoven and also the american um business roundtable do you know what that is
1: no (laughs) um,
2: No, it's like it's like World Economic Forum, but it's just the U.S. I believe it was founded in the 1970s by the founder of Alcoa Mm -hmm. um, and uh, maybe General Electric, I believe. And so it's huge. And they crushed the labor movement. Mm. Okay, they crushed it. And so now with um, World Economic Forum, you've got them. The Business Roundtable and MasterCard, which is like a huge player in this. Wow. Um, Basically behind the whole concept of stakeholder capitalism, right? Like rebooting the um, late stage capitalism, creating um, markets out of human capital, social capital, natural capital, um, you know, freedom as a service. If you can have freedom as a service you can be sure that in the back of their minds, they're also thinking you can have immunity as a service. I mean, there's nothing there. It's depraved, right? I mean, the whole program is anti-life and anti-human anti-feminine and it's, they're depraved. And so there's nothing um, that's not, you know, there's nothing they wouldn't consider. Um, You know, we, we, we've a huge problem coming up with, um, Pensions yeah, right there's um, I mean pe- it's sort of funny because everyone thinks the population is this huge, huge problem, but it's actually <clears throat> collapsing. and if you look at Council on Foreign Relations and um, World Bank, they all have huge reports on this, McKinsey population collapse, so you don't have the people being born to, to care for the people that are going to be retiring, collecting pensions, mm-hmm. no money to pay for that. And then added to that problem, you're replacing the existing people with automation. So what are we going to do with all these people that expect pensions? I mean, the money's gone, right? And a globe, 300, what is it now? $350, $350 trillion in debt. You know, the pension money's not there all the jobs are being replaced. They have to pay UBI. So there's not a revolt.
1: I was going to ask you about UBI. Do you think UBI replaces the pension then? Is that, is that essentially what that becomes? Um,
2: No, UBI has to be paid to everyone because I mean, there's a panel from 2015. um, It's called brave new world. It's a world economic forum panel from Davos. And they talk about by within 10 to 15 years, 66 to 76 something like that percent of all the jobs gone mm. and so ubi is basically to um, sort of stave off full revolt right people like we're going into brutal brutal times and um deloitte and touche has a video you can find it online it's still there it's called who Right in it. I'm not sure if it's the title. I yeah, it's actually the title and it says who will survive, who will perish. Okay. That that sums up the fourth industrial revolution, right? Gig economy. Yeah. Everyone's sort of scrambling, trying to eat. You know, even the coming and you hear a lot about um, like since we're talking about how much they plan and how much just happens randomly, right? Mm-hmm. So we're hearing lots of talk about shortages already. Oh yeah. And you guys will already know about, especially, um, vegan, like I'm actually vegan as well or pretty much anyway. But, um, like to me that means real food, right? Like not processed shit food, like real mm-hmm. food in your, you know, in your local area. Um, yeah. you know, it's easy for me because I live in a bread basket. Basically I have just volumes of food where I live. Right. Um, mm-hmm. you have to eat wherever you know whatever's bountiful where you live but anyway all the that synthet- the synthetic food um biotech is a massive part another huge component of the fourth industrial revolution so you've got synthetic food how will just like no one would have ever taken these mrna jabs mm-hmm. if they weren't terrified right? Uh, right and coerced and coerced so how do you get people to eat synthetic food who would want to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, if they're hungry, they'll eat it. And so, yeah. t- to me, I like a dog. It,
1: like a dog, a dog won't starve itself,
2: right? And yeah. so, how else do you get people? To, how else do you get uptake? You know, to this stuff that's coming. Um, you know, you have to create conditions for it.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. That's why you don't. That's why it's almost like you're seeing. Cause now the media play for the supply chain issues and the food shortages right now is oh it's actually not happening and even if it was happening you drank too much of that stuff anyways you ate too much of that stuff anyways like what, what, you know, what do you expect <laughs> uh, you know that that's kind of the way the media is framing it but it, it does seem like they're kind of getting you ready for something it's it's interesting yeah
0: yeah and I wanted to about that because you said you're largely vegan plant-based as am i and as is glenn like is i think more than me. No, gives himself no. credit for is, is like no you know. no no you
1: don't you don't have a camera in <laughs> you do know yeah. but uh, <laughs> but yeah. no well it's, i i, cool, I, I know, try to i try to at least you know eat quality stuff if it ain't plant-based you know so that's, yeah that's what i am at.
0: i wanted to i wanted to dig in on this milk uh discourse and because you know just i'm sure you feel the same way Cory, that like this whole new vegan new plant-based thing is so technocratic and weird and it's like the people getting into it are not the same people that seem to be getting into it you know even just five or ten years ago and not making a judgment on anyone personally but the energy is so different with it's all biotech now it's all strange and there's this whole milk you know and the serena what uh uh, uh someone who comes on our podcast a lot is she's been vegan from birth and she big part of her work is trying to like warn vegans to not celebrate like bill gates being a vegan champion or or, or you know or, or so i guess i uh, you know i'm rambling but with this milk thing it's like everyone's like yeah like good we shouldn't be drink- drinking milk and it's like it's clearly that milk is a proxy right like obviously as a vegan i don't want people drinking milk i, I don't like the dairy industry or whatever you know but it's, I'm not going to celebrate. It, it's such a naive mm-hmm. victory to claim. Right. You know, and it, it's such a weird, <laughs> I don't know. It's something, it's something that story.
1: was so plentiful, like something that was so yeah. available um, two months ago, not uh-huh. being available anymore. That's not good. No matter what the product yeah. is. is what you're and
0: saying. I don't want the I don't want this to be the reason why people make that choice. You know, it's not like a, I don't want people to be forced into some like famine situation kind of thing you know, cause that's not really where the consciousness is at for me, but I don't know. Do you have any, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Um,
2: I'll, just all that food. I would stay away from it. I mean, the more, the more processed your food, the worse your diet, the worse your health. Right. So to me, yeah. that whole thing is just, you know, that sort of, um you know, wokeness bullshit. Like it's,
1: mm-hmm. it's
2: just more bullshit. It's just more markets. It's emerging markets. Um, it's not, it's, it has nothing to do with health, you know? I, I mean, I just, to me, like, it's just so common sense, a good diet, um, and processed food, you should eat as little as possible. I, it's hard for me to understand that, that like the appeal for that, for that, all that stuff. And it's very, very expensive, I mean, nice. I I don't I don't buy it, but I already know it's going to be expensive. So it's for a targeted demographic, like it's yeah. not for it's not for Africa, you know. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it's very yeah. very it's very elitist. Um, yes. Yeah. It's I don't like getting know.
0: your third. It's like getting your sixth booster. If you care, you know. Again, I don't want the vaccine. None of us here do. But like, you know, like let's let's get six boosters before we give anyone any of these vaccines are the people we claim to care about you know it's just it's yeah. just a hypocrisy thing you know and again like i don't want anyone to get the booster let alone shot one but you know it's just a funny you know it's yeah it's all it's all a privileged thing it's all a yeah a, and, yeah, and a, the, and the food thing. and the food
1: thing like the, the processed food I, I i probably have the worst diet out of anyone in this conversation and i still think it's it's decent you know but like there is times where I think when you, right now you're seeing people and it's not so much an excuse because you still have other options, but there are some people when you work 10 to 12 hours a day and a lot of it's commuting, it's the event, it's the accessibility of a processed food where like you're driving and it's like, there's a Chevron station. That Chevron station doesn't have anything good for you. I mean, you know,
2: yeah, I get it. Yeah. You know,
1: it's, it's kind of that, that thing. And it's like overworking people, um, having, having, you know, T- taking multiple incomes to keep one roof over a few people's heads. It Sad, nobody's yeah. at home, you know, actually cooking. Nobody's at home growing food because you don't have time to monitor it and stuff. And and it's that's where a lot of that stuff comes from and I think that's why it's easier to usher into a great reset where we're kind of all just at a loss and we're all just looking for that solution where it's like look, there's no milk on the shelves. What now, Bill Gates? What now? Save us, you know what I mean? And you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. Just any of this any of this stuff, I, I understand why people choose processed food, but I you know I do try to at least look at the back of the package when I eat when I eat something you know because it's, sure. it's 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 it is a conscious choice and and uh, you know right now nobody cares about public health unless you take a shot. You know what I mean? Like nobody cares about, <laughs> about whether, uh, yeah, no, none exactly. of Yeah. Like I, I know so many people and I'm, um, you know, that look terrible after the last year and a half. Understandable. If you stayed inside and didn't get any sun exposure or anything, you probably don't look good. And, but they feel invincible because they took an MRNA shot that CNN spent just 24 hour news coverage saying that if not only should you get this, you need to get this. And if you want to do anything, you'll have to get this. So I think, that's why people are a, that's why this social credit program has legs and can work if we don't push back, if we don't push back on it, because people are already dependent on all this yeah. stuff.
2: Well, the funny yeah. thing is too, about that, um, what you're talking about, health, and during this whole thing, you've all, I mean, they've round up all the doctors from the beginning. If you go back and read the communication on um, manuals on how to mm-hmm. communicate, for vaccine uptake, the doctors are a really, really vital element of getting people to for trust. And um, where are they on that with the health? Where's the connection to our food, to our water, to being outside to, you know, like the poor, especially poor children have been, like, literally locked down, isolated, not all the YMCA's are closed, all the pools closed, right? They're not masked, mass, like it's sickening, sickening. And so nothing at all about how to get your immune systems to be healthy. Right. And yeah, I agree with you. I mean, parents are exhausted, right? Trying to work two or three jobs. Um, So it is really hard. And that's why, why is there no focus on trying to build healthier communities? You know, Um, it's sickening. If you look at the States, which had the most Cases with COVID, seventy-eight um, percent of them, um, there was um, obesity, right? Seventy-eight percent. So because COVID's not going away, another coronavirus endemic. So what are we going to do? Is this what everyone's going to do forever, for the rest of your life? Mm. It has to be dealt with. If it's seventy-eight percent connected to obesity, yeah, we need to deal with that
0: pretty easy to diagnose
1: the problem yeah yeah (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. there's there's i have friends and family that are like you know pretty obese you know and uh have like you know super worried about covid which is understandable but you know in more of the like brainwashy (laughs) kind of flavor and uh and it's like like one of them i just found out like had you know i thought for sure they were like double triple jabbed with like you know moderna or something or johnson johnson and come to find out they got the Johnson and Johnson one. And I'm like, like, yo, like, what's, like, that's not doing shit for you. You know, you gotta, like, you gotta lose some weight. You know, it's just, it's gotta happen. If you, this is your concern, like, you just gotta look at the numbers, and figure it out. But, you know, you can't say that to someone close to you. No, it's you're, it's actually, to, you're not yeah. even
1: allowed to, like, comment on that. It's considered yeah. fat phobic. I mean, not that you, you don't have to do it in a bad way. Like, you know, it, it's like, but there is... If, if, you know, it's not really profitable to do preventative health. We think we know that exactly. and that's, it's, it's not, it nobody's going to, uh, make, you know, but, but we have, you know, and everyone knows the, I, I'm pretty sure we're all in agreement on the origin of COVID. It wasn't, it didn't come from animals and zoonotic origin. Uh, but you know, and then you're talking about Bill Gates is, I just saw him on there today talking about, Hey, uh, be on the lookout for like, a. uh, we have to, we have to stop the next, uh smallpox <laughs> bioweapon and everyone's like "What? <laughs> like what are you talking like what you know what you- like it's going to be a disease like we have to beat this disease because that you it's it's as you said at the beginning cory you have to instill fear to get people to do this it, it, nobody's going to do this when their life's going well and just, oh man, I, you know, I got a bunch of money uh, in my house. Nobody's going to, you have to have panic, widespread panic. I've never seen people more scared in my life. And I, I was around during nine 11, like, but there was, I have never seen anybody more panicked than they were in the last year and a half, um, close to two years now under COVID. So, um, yeah, Even it's, it's nuts. in the
2: same end, uh, inn- in the same manual is talking about. It actually says that it says if people aren't afraid of contracting it, they won't take the shot. Yeah. So you have to keep that fear on, right? And now they have trillions of dollars. They're setting up a global infrastructure for um, um, DNA vaccines. Now are out in India. The first DNA um, vaccines are being um, put out through emergency use authorization, age twelve and up. So that's the very first time that humans have been um, injected with um, the DNA. Um, so, and then I don't know, I was just reading about it turns into MRNA in your body. There's another one. I, I just posted it tonight on my Twitter and I'm just digging into it, but these are brand new technologies. One, you put, um, some sort of electricity over top and it charges the cell and then oh, it great. goes, yeah. Oh. and all the stuff. So, yeah, bio, biotechnology, gene editing is a hu- another huge component on this. So when people say this is all just, you know, sort of, oh, it's just all falling apart. Oh, we, we saved, you know, ca- we destroyed capitalism without doing anything. All we had to do was buy, <laughs> you know, a vegan hamburger over uh, yeah. <laughs> whatever. no, no. Huh. Um, no, you know, sorry, it's not going to just um, collapse on its own, right? And we're not going to just have, you know, bloodless revolutions without doing the work and without organizing, without knowing your history. Um, but gene editing, basically, all life will be modified um, to suit um, Eurocentric ideology, right? Um, all life, all life, and they will decide what life yeah. significance and what life does not right and so we're talking about people that are already completely disconnected from nature yep and this whole program pushes us further away from nature where we have to go the opposite we have to come back to nature right and so the idea that they care about nature that they care about climate is just complete bullshit like it is
1: yeah Mm-hmm. The
2: craziest thing—the idea that they care about our health—is crazy. It's insane. Yeah.
0: Where the evidence of is that for? <laughs> what right? the evidence of that? It's like, why, <laughs> so, yeah. why,
2: why, why, why do we all have Teflon in our bodies? How did yeah. that happen? Right. Yeah. yeah. And then our governments serve corporate power and capital. Like they don't serve us. Right. right? Exactly. In, in capitalist countries. Yeah.
1: And, and so. so yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, I just so the gene editing is buried in um, what was it? Um, there's a big meeting last month in China, the um, part of the UN um of course. biological, biological <laughs> diversity. Anyway, um, buried in that document, all about gene editing. It goes back years and years ago, right? Like early two thousands, I think. Um, well, I,
0: I there's some stuff just to comment on this, like the gene editing stuff is such a scam cuz if you go back to i'm sure you know about this but you know that like the human genome project failed to show the potential of actually manipulating genes at least to the extent that they was claimed and what the billionaire investors thought it would be where we'd cure all diseases and be able to create like super children and you know and all this bullshit and like literally every discovery it, stemming from there has shown our lack of understanding of genetics and how infantile our understanding of human genetics is and just life in general biology. Yet we, we keep hedging this bet and we have to, we have to pay these billionaire investments off. So I think that's this MRNA thing is like, honestly, a giant push to to break even on this shit in a big way on a global kind of investment scam level it's all a giant ponzi scheme it's like way bigger than enron way bigger than any of that shit
2: yeah and
0: uh again and i like i'm not i'm not even saying like maybe there's like extraterrestrials that have this shit locked down where they can figure out how to ethically and you know uh, meaningfully alter genetics in some way i'm not holding my breath you know i i i'm just saying just, just to play devil's advocate you know but that's not us. That's on humans right now in the slightest, you know? <laughs> and it's blindingly obvious. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yes. I mean, the whole thing, too, people, ne- people need to understand <clears throat> that um, the gene editing, like that is eugenics, right? That's, yeah. you know. Literally,
1: yeah. Selective breeding. 20%, I mean.
2: Yeah. And they talk about that. The WHO has a gene editing advisory committee now. They talk about that um, one of those people, I'm not sure if he's the chair of the committee, but he's on the committee and he talks about artificial embryos, you know, mm-hmm. being right around the corner. Yeah. He talk about using skin cells to create eggs and you can create twenty babies, you know, at once. And like, um why would you, know, you want to do that? Well again, you know, <laughs> so so if you think what they think, right? Yeah, no,
1: <laughs> I know. It's just crazy. Yeah.
2: Right? Armies, right? Oh, like, damn. Um, but yeah, I think some people and then you know, you talk about social credit, some people will have babies, right? And you won't oh, have oh yeah. You won't have them naturally, right? They'll you'll go and get your baby or whatever. Um yeah, and then you'll have, you know, your like savages will have babies out in the yeah. forest whatever, that type thing. Yeah, I
1: know. Um, like, that's insane. Ugh.
2: Yeah, and so yeah, it's a huge part of it. I mean, Chatham House did what was it called? I forget what's called. Anyway, in the past year or two, Chatham House did a uh, big project and they have on a billboard like a jumbotron and it says 1960 on it. And then on the jumbotron it has, a you know, a little tiny baby crawling. It says, ask your doctor about gene editing. Right. Nice. Like that's um, definitely a real thing coming. Um, right. They can make the babies any color i mean africa and india will be the only countries that will have population growth in the, you know by around 2050 so if you're um you know a very white supremacist um ruling class you know how do you feel about that you know
1: yeah, yeah. I see what you mean uh okay wow that's insane so i have one more i have one more thing we wanted to talk about tonight and that was uh and, and this whole idea of smart cities. I've been hearing about smart cities. I've been hearing, I, I mean, I, I put my background up. If you're watching on Rumble, I, I put my background up. It's, it's supposedly, this is a meme. It's society. If this one dumb thing didn't exist, this is what society would look like. But I've always thought this is a terrible place to live. Like, it just looks bad. My yeah. city <laughs> is starting to look like this and I don't like it because it only a little bit looks like this. And then the rest of it is slums and tents. Um, now. You said earlier that smartphones are essentially right. If, if we didn't buy smartphones, they'd be given to us for free, which brought me back to the Obama phone thing. And actually, in, in, the, in, the, uh, in my city, there's certain parts of towns where they will give you a free phone, just no questions asked and stuff. So I'm wondering if that's a part of it. But like smart cities are going to be powered by phones, right, and, and, and 5G. Um, you don't have to go too far into 5G, but just what, is, what does a smart city look like? How is it different than what like Silicon Valley and New York City look like now?
2: I don't know. Like this is okay. So I think it's sort of sold like your picture there behind you, right? Yeah. Wow. It's gonna be so cool and futuristic and that and you think of, you know, um, is it Apple? Is that Apple that big round thing? In your picture?
1: I have. I don't even think this is a real thing. But, yeah, it, it could be. Uh, is that uh, what it
2: looks like? Don't they have a big Yes, thing they
1: like- have a big... Yeah, not far from where I'm at. They have a big dome. Like, it's like a, sp- a spaceship. Like, it's right. underground. They had to dig almost to, like, the center of the earth. It was insane. And then they put really? this big dome. And then the- it's all underground parking. It's very ominous. But, yeah.
2: I think... Okay, so I think of it like this. I think, you know how people... I mean, animals... Industrial egg is like the grossest thing on earth, you know, one of the grossest things, the way animals are treated, Mm -hmm. um, is horrific, right. And industrial livestock. Um, and so I, and so I find it crazy that they're going after rural farmers and that instead of after industrial agriculture, um, industrial livestock. So anyway, you know how people don't see it, how it's hidden, right. It's all hidden, like factories have no windows, right? You don't see any of that. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the way I see the smart city. You're in the city and you don't see that the the natural world, um, it's enclosed All um, the indigenous people for their genocide, right? They've all been displaced from their land. Um, we have to mine the fuck out of it, right? Because we need so much more to power these cities, And so the world is being further annihilated, but we won't see it because we're in our smart city. Right. And then, um, they won't even have real trees in the city because you'll have CO2 trees, right. Metal trees and all this other shit. Mm -hmm. Um, it's again, anti-life even even
1: towers that look like trees, right? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: If you look at, if you read white papers on this stuff, you'll open up even on a smart city. So you open up a white paper, search for the word nature. You won't even find it once it doesn't even exist. Wow. It's all, it's all technology. Um, so basically um, your digital ID, the reason every single person in the world is supposed to have one by 2030 at the latest is, mm-hmm. um, that is your umbilical cord to the smart city. Okay. So see. it's like, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's like your complete attachment. There's a, let me see. Is it Deloitte? Yeah, it's Deloitte. So there's a video online Deloitte. It's only really short, like 15 seconds. And it shows um, sort of a digital animation of a child on a playground playing like on a on one of those things you stand on it spins and it shows it shows you all the different all the data harvesting all the different points of data that can be collected within this and they're everywhere and so anyway it's sort of hard to understand how data is now the new oil and the new currency and everything Um, But yeah, how to harvest all that. So the smart city monitors, it's absolute, complete surveillance and tracking and capturing data. Um, Yeah. And again, anti-life, right? The important thing is everyone has to be in front of a screen every single second because that's how you harvest the data. That and all your internet of things, right? So every single thing being sold, probably, I mean, I hardly ever buy anything new ever. Um, But I know now appliances, every single thing is connected to the internet.
1: Yeah. I mean, fridges, like refrigerators. Yeah. You could put your Amazon list on a refrigerator. Instead of yeah. just doing a shopping list. I don't remember anybody really struggling with a shopping list. Like it's, it's a it's a solution to a problem nobody had.
2: Right. And then not only that, but like your employer will see what's in your fridge. And so will your insurance yeah. company. Right. Ooh. Like it's, it's really, um, it's really crazy. And I anyway, I guess all these fridges can get together and actually like yeah. do all this crazy stuff and start cyber wars and that. And
1: that's, and that's what I like, uh, again, <laughs> I, I mean, no, I, 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 here's, here's the thing. Like that has to be powered by something and that's gotta be what five G's for. Okay. I mean, that, 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 that has to be, that has to be powered by that. Like yeah. I, 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 it's for automation. Correct. Like, I mean, I, that's what I've been, that's what I, it's basically, it's on your phone. Now, if you know the answer to this or not, 5G, when I see it on my on my smartphone, I know you say you don't even have one, but like on smartphone it says 5G. I've heard that that's not even really like 5G. I've heard that's just like a data streaming, like just, oh, your data is a little stronger. But 5G is meant to really get every electronic in sync to one, right? Like, is that the idea?
2: It, the fourth industrial revolution cannot cannot be without 5G. It's so powerful. It's up to 100 times more powerful than the one we have. And then by 2030, it will be 6G. Now, wow. I'm not sure how much more powerful 6G is, but all of this, um, there's so many doctors and scientists that have written letters to the WHO about the dangers of testing 5G on, on living populations, not just humans, but, um, you know, ecology, all, all life. Um, And of course, no one one cares about that, right? They care about your health and want to jab you. But when it comes to 5G, (laughs) (laughs) they don't care. Um, But I did want to add that so much of this power that's being created by um, solar, wind, um, nuclear, um, bioenergy, burning of wood, right? Um, It's all going to data centers, all of it. Yeah. We're we're creating energy to power, more energy to power digitalization, like a whole life of being online. Mm. That's where it's oh, all- So
0: you're, you're saying that the, you know, like our basic power needs, if they, if they couldn't have, if they could have been met from, you know, renewable, quote unquote renewables, like wind power and solar power and stuff like that now there's just so much computer usage for data servers and stuff that it's just, it's our usage is going so crazy. Is that, is that what you mean?
2: Crazy. It won't displace anything. The more we make, the more it's going to be needed for the data centers and Amazon, Google um, they're going to own it all. Right. There's a few other ones, obviously Um, they already own it all. They're going to own everything. I, I wrote this series about a year ago. Um, the social dilemma it's not a social dilemma it's a destruction of the social and it's in three parts in the last part the last part the second part is about the colonization the recolonization of Africa through mm-hmm. digital and the first part is about the film um, the social dilemma do you guys know that
1: no I don't
2: okay well, I don't, on- yeah, that- oh, go ahead yeah. okay yeah so it was on Netflix right and it's all connected to, to the world economic forum or Benioff, mm-hmm. all of, oh, wow. this whole idea of good tech, right. Good tech. It's conditioning, right. Getting people, um, you know, getting people to feel, Oh, well they're, you know, they've got my back. People are taking care of this for me. Just like they think Greenpeace and all these other groups are taking care of the environment, you know, yeah. all these. so Anyway, the last part is all about data centers and and people should read it. It's super important. No one's talking about it. Even at COP26, I'm not even following it because I know exactly what's happening without even watching. (laughs) Um, But it's, yeah, data centers, like aviation's going to look like fuck nothing, nothing compared to data centers. By 2030, i'm not gonna have these numbers exactly right but by 2030 it could be about 30 percent of the world's energy will go to data centers like just massive 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 quantities of energy so yeah we're gonna yeah we're gonna destroy you know again um i mean you guys know right all the land that's destroyed for solar and wind turbines and everything um yeah, again what are we using the energy for and now we're going to use it to fucking play games and to you know watch cat videos and to <laughs> yeah. you know do all this you know watch did, did you porn. hack my
1: smart did you hack my smart fridge how do you know i do yeah all that? Yeah. Yeah, just... know. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah
2: <laughs> yeah
0: i just i just have one aside on the, your background glenn that the meme uh i it took me i I saw that so many times, and but it took me forever to realize that the guy is walking the robot yeah. dog, yeah. right? And that, that's the craziest shit. Yeah. yeah, he's walking the robot. The that's dog's like, not even
1: real. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's like, what? it's like I don't want that. Yeah, and we do I, have those like robot dog
1: bugs. surveillance dogs now. I mean, like they're, they're being tested out in police forces and stuff. So yeah, um, but yeah, it's, I just real quick about like five G is um, I have seen it actually being installed like underground five G like fiber optic stuff, and um, oh, yeah. uh, these guys are like. These guys, like, these guys can't, some of them don't even work the next day after doing that. They, like, take a day off to, like, detox and stuff. Like, it's insane. Like Yeah, it's, 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 like, super toxic. And that's, and that's the companies that even, like, give somewhat of a shit. Like some of the guys, they're kind of just like, yeah, whatever happens, happens. But um, it's a lot of this stuff is tested out like in towers. Like you'll see in some countries where they start to get hip, they they knock those down right away. That You'll see people burning the towers and doing that. But in like the Midwest, you'll see kind of like flyover states and small towns. They'll just be that, that's where like a lot of these testing grounds are for that stuff. And they're just I mean. It's bad. I mean, it's, I, in my opinion, there's no way this is like good for health. Um, maybe, maybe some Mm -hmm. gene therapy can get us a, a 5g resistant. Maybe, maybe that's the goal of, (laughs) of, uh, of some of this other stuff, but like they're basically microwaving people in the Midwest to try to make smart cities like a thing. And it's, uh, um, I know, I know it's wrong. I just was never sure about the actual nuts and bolts of it and stuff. And maybe nobody is, uh, maybe it's something we have to see roll out, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm scared of that. I'm, I'm thinking about going full Luddite and just, uh, might have to go no smartphone, like Corey. Yeah, yeah, me too. How is that? I mean, did you have one uh, before?
2: No,
1: never had. Okay, so you, you don't know, you don't have the withdrawals because you never had one.
2: No, I don't have one. It's
1: a real thing. It's
0: just like, just like Jonathan Latham, another previous guest of ours uh, that you would, I think, go get along with sw- swimmingly. But uh yeah, no smartphone ever. That's so rad. Smart, smart, smart. Yeah. That's... Yeah, but
2: by by 20 around 2030, they say that they'll be obsolete that people by that time will have like um either wearable or injectable and and the <sighs> smartphone will just become obsolete.
1: Injectable, huh? If only they were manufacturing consent for injectable things now. Well, I mean,
2: I guess in Sweden, a lot of people have voluntarily um put the Micro. I don't know what they are—your microchip or whatever. Yeah. What you would have in your smartphone and your wrist. Oh, an right? SD card. They walk on. by, yeah. they swipe, yeah. or they pay like that, right, with their with their hand, hmm. or with oh you know, God. like that. So it's already happening. It.
0: These people are sick, and they
1: need to be stopped. <laughs> just, yeah, I guess good. close that, close it out with that. We'll close it out with that. Like, what would you? What is one thing? Just because this is all overwhelming, right? Say somebody listening to this yeah. episode and is like, "What?" I mean, we we've already talked about the beginning and we're all kind of struggling with what we know and you know more than us. And you've even said, it's been kind of tough, but for somebody who feels overwhelmed right now, what are some, just some minor changes in their life? Smartphone aside, uh, what can they do to just at least, you know, try to weather the storm if enough people get it, you know, if hurt? I
2: was, if I was okay. So if I was 18 and I wanted to know what I could do, I would go take, um i would go to school for demolition
1: for <laughs> demolition
2: <that's> yeah <laughs> i would go to school so i could learn how to safely detonate things dang destroy things yeah that's what i would do cool. because i mean there's no reforming this right there's no right. reforming there's no there's no we're going to you know, get a petition and we're going to get everybody to sign it. Um, you know, we're going to do this. There's no reforming this. There's no stopping these people. Um, they're not going to stop on their own. They have to be made to stop. Right. Um, so organize. I mean, you have to organize. Yeah. And, and it's difficult because they're building a divisive society. Right? Oh, sure. Right. So, they don't want us organized and now we're learning to avoid each other and you know, we're being conditioned every single day, mm-hmm. right. To, um, be isolated.
1: I, and, I and, so, yeah, it's hard. I no, I think that's right. <laughs> I think that's fair. So, uh, I'm just Googling demolition school here. Um, no, just kidding. <laughs> uh, anyways. Um, so Corey, thanks for joining us. Uh, that was, it was a a lot. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, I, dang, I I don't even know if I'm going to sleep tonight. That's crazy. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, the, um, so you have, uh, you, you said you have your, your site, you're on Twitter at L provocateur. I have that right. And, um, yeah. And, and uh, you sound like, uh, you know, eventually you're going to have some more stuff coming out, but, uh, for now, just follow Corey on Twitter. Um, is there anything else you wanted to promote?
2: Um, Oh no. I mean, we probably should have, maybe if we come on again, we'll try to think of some more concrete things that people can do.
1: Well, yeah, if we didn't scare you off, I'd love, we'd love to have you back on.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. No, it sounds good. We'll be in touch. Um, everybody follow Corey Morningstar on Twitter at Elk Provocateur. Uh, Corey, thanks for everything. Uh, sorry for keeping you up so late at night. Oh, but that's great. Uh, All right, sounds good. Uh, all right, everybody. Uh, I'm at Glenn Rockney on Twitter. He's at CryptoSci. This is at RareCandyPod1 on Twitter. Everybody have a safe week, Okay.